Welcome to the Story Life Podcast. My name is Clinton Cornwell, and I'm here with my co-host... Alan C. Gardner. How are you, sir? Good, good. We are, uh, we're both filmmakers, and uh, we're here to talk about our feelings and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, about filmmaking and about being creative, about telling stories, and about living a creative life and all the ups and downs that goes with that. Sometimes we're talking about our feelings about having feelings as well. We can really go down, uh, speaking for myself at least, uh, as I've learned by, by listening to these podcasts, <laughs> really go feelings down Feelings all the hole. way down. Just feelings, feelings man, on top of feelings, on top of feelings. And then there's some film stuff in there too, so that's fun. Today we are going to have an episode, a little existential chat uh, between the two of us, way back from uh, around, I think, April 2020. Take a listen, and our present selves will be back to talk about what we just heard in a little bit. And I'll share feelings about uh, how I felt about what I said about my feelings in this episode. (laughs) So get ready to feel all of that. Sanja, how you doing, man? How are things going? Things are good, man. It's been a pretty solid eight days. There have been no real rough patches like there were <laughs> in the previous week. So no, all all is well, you know, every day just finding our footing more and more within these current circumstances. And my wife and I, we have a, a pretty solid like routine going each day now with uh, with our son. So I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling really good right now. How about you? Yeah, this is actually a pretty good week. I, I, you know, I've been very grateful. I got a decent routine done. You know, I'm mostly just kind of like, it feels strange because I'm used to sort of working a full-time job and then also being creative on the side. And and so that took up like all of my time. Now that I can't work my full-time job, you know, uh, I haven't just like filled all of that with productivity, but I have at least now gotten back to working as much on creative stuff as I was before. Cool. So that feels good for sure. And, um, you know, but it's still uh, it's still up and down every day. But I think um, it's really helped that I've tuned out of what's going on and tuned out of social media a bit and stopped following the news and stuff because I think that introduces so much stuff that's outside of my control Right. for me to worry about. I mean, while there are very important things going on in the world, Undoubtedly, it is not upon me to fix all of those things instantly. And oftentimes the things that are floating around in sort of the global picture don't have a lot of immediate effect on my life, nor can I take action on them. And right. so, yeah, I think tuning out and, and reframing your mindset with how you deal with those things is very helpful. And I've certainly done that over the past week, and it's made me feel more at ease and allowed me to be more productive so if we're given sanity check number uh 10 was really bad and one was very calm yeah i'm like at like a five or a six which i think under the current state of the world is very acceptable yeah i'd say i'm at a pretty solid three occasionally more of a two feeling really great what is your what is your routine looked like that you're sort of getting into in this in this moment in time i get i try to get up before uh, my son does at least like an hour before, and sometimes I'm successful, and sometimes he gets up a little earlier than expected. Get him up and get him dressed, uh, make his breakfast, feed him, uh, hang out with him, you know, play with him, and get uh, my my wife's wake up call <laughs> a little later on. She she needs a lot of rest as is, but also now you know she's uh, just over five months pregnant, so 
Try to make sure she's definitely yeah. getting enough sleep. Wake her up, get her going with her day. My son and I go for a walk outside for a while, which is good. Uh, it's always good. He loves it. He loves exploring outside. So the only, you know the tricky thing right now, obviously, is that you know we have to keep our our distance from other people, and also I don't want him. He wants to pick up like everything pretty much he can he can find everything he can fit in his hand. Uh, and then yeah. some of those things will like put them towards his mouth. So basically I have to stop him from doing, picking pretty much anything, <laughs> up, anything up when we're, we're outside walking, except for the occasional leaf. I'm like, all right, buddy, you can, you can have at that. Yeah. So he has his outside time in the morning. Then I come back. I do my workout. I go for a run, work out at home. I usually take him for a walk in his stroller. This is nap time. Come back, shower, eat lunch. And then I do, uh, some afternoon work on whatever it is I need to get done that day while he naps. And then when he wakes up, usually he wakes up like around, you know, two or so. And then my wife will watch him while I'm working. Um, like as she is right now, like about five or so I'll go back down and, uh, well, you know, we'll talk to a family member or a friend on FaceTime usually. And then I take him back outside for his early evening, uh, outdoor exploration time. Come back, get a little more work done, make his dinner. It's his dinner time around 6.30. And then it's his bath time at 7. And then so I give him a bath. And then at 7.30, uh, we do his uh, his night routine. Little milk, graham crackers, stories. Around 8, I'm putting him <laughs> to bed. And then uh, I'll wrap up some work and then hang it with my wife. And usually we'll watch something and wind our day down. And I just gave you a very detailed but very accurate uh, breakdown of my day. Sometimes I have to go to the grocery store in the morning, whatnot, or some other little curveball in there. But yeah, that is the routine. My my routine is uh, much less detailed uh, and much <laughs> much simpler in a lot of ways. I try and uh, write or or do some sort of something towards being productive in a creative way for about four hours a day, usually from like 10 a.m. to 2 and, you know, there's a lot of cooking for myself and things like that. And I've been playing lots of video games because that's been a great way to stay connected with friends and things like that. Yeah. Uh, especially being alone in my apartment. I've been allowing myself. I mean, I'm not a big video gamer. I haven't played much video games over the past few years. I grew up a, 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 on them and such. But in this time, it's been quite a blessing as a as sort of a shorthand to connect with yeah. people without having to put the pressure on, you know, calling people and, and having phone conversations constantly. So that's right. been really nice. And then I'm um, I'm sort of in a – I have two sh- short ideas that, that I, I have scripts for, but I need one more. And so I'm sort of in a digging phase right now. So I've been watching a lot of uh, horror movies, which I like to do anyways, but, but especially with sort of an eye on research uh, a bit. So – and just, you know, watching lots of movies in, in general and reading a lot, too. So, you know, it's like it totally is the kind of things that I um, wish I had more time for. So that's the blessing of this whole situation. Sure. Yeah. It's so good. funny, though. I was, I've was i been waiting sort of all week a little bit for people to get back to me on certain things. And, of course, like yesterday, after getting no emails like all week, basically, from any, any follow-up from anyone, I get like seven emails uh, on a Friday, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna relax this week, and I'm just gonna relax and not do any work." But then I get like seven emails, and I'm like, "Well, fuck, I gotta take care of this now." <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Last week we sort of set out a list of things that 
we wanted to achieve by the next time that we talked. Right. And how's your list going? What did you do the things that you wanted to do? I did pretty well with it. I definitely feel like I did the best I could with the time that I've that I've had. And there's certain things I'm still and I had some, you know, some things pop up that like all of a sudden like, oh, I need to take care of those things as well now. So, no, I feel pretty good. I got a solid cut done of my filmmaker reel. But then actually right before we got on the phone, I decided I, I did a, after talking to a friend of mine who watched it, I did a re-edit of it because at first I was actually thinking about doing it because I thought it needed to be like more like two minutes. So I had it down to two minutes, 15 seconds, which I was like, OK, I'm feeling pretty good about that. That was actually that took a while because basically I was picking one clip from each of the last five finished movies so which proved to be very difficult (laughs) Um, (laughs) just basically trying to pinpoint the clip because i basically decided like i wanted to do one clip from each as opposed to like you know like from actors demo reel for instance like it's a bunch of clips like a bunch of like however long they are like five to ten seconds sometimes whatever like 12 second clips right um, mm-hmm. you're trying to show like a good range of things. And with this, I'm like, oh, for a filmmaker, writer, director reel, I should probably like let them see, you know, how I kind of, you know, construct a narrative and how I control it, you know, the flow of it and how I let it on, let each clip unfold for a little bit. So as opposed to like several different clips from each movie, I'm like, I'm just going to pick one clip from each of the five movies. But now I'm feeling really good about it. So that's actually a good thing for us to talk about real quick. Why yeah. are you making a reel? I need to get representation i need to get my stuff out there more i need to create more opportunities um for getting my films out there for moving forward for other films like assistance with whatever it might be like packaging those or just i need some allies on the business side um some people mm-hmm. can help me and my films get out there more i also want you know want to get representation for outside gigs as well uh whether it's you know acting writing directing what have you so I'm just trying to create more opportunities. You're crafting a reel as sort of a introduction piece to somebody in hopes that they will like want to look at more of your work. Yes. And then bigger goal, you know, somebody to like represent you essentially. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, I'm starting like the first rounds of emails I'm sending out are to agents and managers. Cause I'm also reaching out to like, I'm reaching out to strictly, uh, you know, literary agents, managers, um, versus the writing side. I'm reaching out to strictly acting reps. And then I'm also reaching out to writer, director reps, and then writer, director, actor reps, like people who rep people who do all the, all the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Just having a reel as a calling card or as something I can, you know, ease, readily show for like, if someone wants to know like what I'm all about as a storyteller and what my work is all about, then I can just show them, them that try to distill that into like whatever it's going to wind up being about three minutes. Have you talked to anybody about how you should angle that stuff or or what representation might be looking for in that type of a thing? Honestly, I I've only t- I've just talked to Gabe and then uh my friend Matt Gilliam. In part because, and, and you know, I, I read some stuff online too. I did a little little research online. You know, and talking to them was kind of like reaffirmed like my gut feeling of like just basically trying to show what it is that I do, which is ultimately I tell stories about people wrestling with their insecurities and fears and really striving to connect with others and put themselves out there. And that's kind of the touchstone of, of each of my stories. And so, and the way I go about doing that showing, you know, showing people like trying to be as vulnerable and, and open as possible. So yeah. And really leaning into that, like all my films are very, you know, as you know, from what you've said, like, you know, very dialogue driven, very character driven. And so just trying to present what I'm all about and not trying to make it seem like, 
I'm something that I'm not. I mean, that should be really obvious, but you know, just trying to put that out there as clearly as possible. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't ha- I don't have a reel. I've never I've never edited a reel for myself. I think my philosophy with representation and things like that is that and this is what I've heard from people higher up in the business, so to speak, for me is they, you know, I've heard it multiple times that representation will find you when you need, like when it's appropriate for you to have representation. And so until then, you don't have to worry about it. And so that's, the, I mean, not, I don't know if that's right or wrong. You know, I'm certainly no expert in this stuff. And so that's why I've never really been motivated to like craft a reel or anything like that. And also like on the other side, I don't think any of the work that I've, produced as particularly uh commercial like i couldn't see anybody looking at my work in some sort of chopped up form and being like let me hire this person to do this thing but that's just that's my perception of it and that's why i've never had a motivation to do it sure Uh, so you'll have to let me know how this goes for you and how uh yeah no absolutely how this this journey journey towards representation in all of its forms and what uh, you said that you what you said that you've heard like sounds like the kind of thing that you would hear, or <laughs> I mean, like that anyone would hear. You know what I mean? Like in the business, it's one of those things where because I've heard all that kind of stuff as well. And I'm not even saying that those people are right or wrong or whatever. First of all, I know that in some sense, you know, each rep, like each agent or manager, is different to some extent. Like as people, we're all different. And my thing is like you know. I'm, I want to basically play the numbers game as far as like reaching out to as many of them as possible. And the more succinctly and clearly I can kind of like capture like what I do and like put that out there in the most engaging way possible. Like I know that it's going to strike a chord. Like it, it, some people like it might not be, cause I've heard from certain agents like acting managers recently and agents who have responded to the work, but they're not necessarily responding to my lack of, um, credits that they recognize, you know, you run into that a lot. But I know that if I just keep putting myself out there, I mean, first of all, my thing is like, well, you don't fucking know until you, you got it. You kind of have like, for me, I'm just like, I kind of have to, I've got to, I got to like, you know, I'm going to put my films out there as much as possible. I need to keep striving to, you know, continue to make things happen. So again, so I can have my friends and I can have as much time as we can to, to tell stories and to make movies. And to find, yeah. you know, financing for the next project. So my thing is, like, it doesn't hurt, at least, to to go for it and reach out to these people. And, yeah, I mean, do I think the odd, like, you know, do I feel like if I email 100, do I feel like a lot of them are going to get back to me? No, absolutely not. But if one out of that 100 will get back to me, I'll be pretty happy, honestly. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what else did you have on your list for things you were to accomplish? And you know, That was the big one, was uh, the real, and then um, I've been working on the letters to like the emails to those different again like I've got a different email for each of the four groups of uh of reps and uh that and then I wanted to finish the outline I tagged this one at the end because I knew I probably wouldn't be able to get it done but the outline for breaker breaker which I did make some good progress on so I feel good about that I'm good with that. Uh, but yeah, so this week is kind of like a lot of juggling. Just trying to make sure, just as far as like my filmmaking goes, is doing some more creative work, which is working on the Breaker Breaker script, and then also taking care of some things on the business side uh, in the form of the reel and the uh, the emails to reps. Because that's something too that, you know, over the years, like I always try to make a point of, because obviously, we, you know, we want to spend as much time doing the storytelling as we can, right? Like the business side might not... Um, yeah 
<laughs> you know, as, isn't the thing that we're really naturally drawn towards. It's a means to an end. So we can be storytellers as often as possible. So yeah, I try to make a point of trying different things or mixing it up or making sure that I'm like making some efforts on the business side so that, you know, I can facilitate the next projects and, and free up more time for, for filmmaking and marketing and all that stuff. I mean, like, you know, that's marketing and the business stuff is, yeah, I have to really make a concerted effort of making the time for that stuff. Yeah, that aspect is difficult because, you know, we're just, we're trying our damnedest just to be good filmmakers and that takes so much of us already yes Uh, and then also to have to figure out how to be a good marketer and distributor and promoter and all of these things which are all skill sets onto onto their own thing you know that that take years of experience to get really good at and so it's it's intimidating to have to deal with all that stuff and and really um just you know even aside from just the sort of all self-loathing we have about promoting and, and putting our work out there and, and and trying to like generate money and stuff from it, uh, which I think a lot of artists deal with. I, I mean, I, I, I'm on, on the same page uh, as you have in terms of just trying to figure out whatever pathways in um, one that I that I can take reasonably within the amount of time I have to spend on those things, but also two that I feel good about taking because there's a lot of ways to promote your film and finance your film and make money off your film that just don't at all appeal to me just in terms of how they make me feel. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like I'm ever selling people a product that they don't need or shouldn't be paying attention to. Squaring that with yourself is important, I think, too. Yeah. There's no one way to do it. No, definitely not. I just, you know, want to present myself as purely as I as I possibly can. Because I know that, like, if someone's going to click on my email, I'm not, I can only, I'm only going to have X amount of, you know, seconds to get their attention. You know what I mean? They might not click on my email at all. But if they are going to, then I need to try to, like, to reel them in right away and try to quickly let them know what I'm all about. So I'm just trying to, you know, do it as purely as I can. Um, and it, which I think is the way to go on, on everything anyway. Like it's the same way when I make a movie, when I tell a story, like I'm trying to do that as purely as possible and not trying to seem yeah. whatever, uh, anything other than, than what I am. So that's my approach to storytelling. So that's, you know, kind of my approach to the marketing side as well. Uh, isn't so much looking for any kind of like, not trying to do any kind of razzle dazzle and more just trying to, you know, again, be like open up and be as you know, vulnerable and, and direct with them too. As opposed to playing too many games, you know, I think sometimes like, you know, that mentality of like, you know, we'll make sure that they know that you have like any kind of like power play kind of bullshit or whatever, which obviously these people who are reading it, like they know that if I'm reaching out to them, then in a certain sense, like they're the ones who like on the business side have that kind of, of, of power or whatnot. But I'm just saying like, I'm trying to, uh, yeah, I'm just not, I'm just trying not to seem like I'm trying to be cool or whatever. I'm just trying to put it out there. <laughs> Same like with my work too. It's like, you know, these are about, you know, the stories are about vulnerable people who are trying to be real and connect with one another. So that's essentially what I'm trying to do too. And basically highlighting like, this is what I do. So if you're looking to take on someone who does this, you know, specific kind of storytelling, then I've definitely got something to offer there. So sum up for me again, what you'd like to have accomplished by next week. Okay. So next week, send out my reel and the letter to like maybe a hundred reps as far as big goals go that. And then maybe by next within a week, maybe I can actually have that outline for breaker breaker done. So I'm just going to kind of build upon those, what I'd set out to do this past week. What about you? How do you feel about your uh, progress this last week? 
Uh, I did good. I didn't bullseye hit the target, accomplish everything that I wanted to, but I accomplished a big thing, which was uh, write a first draft of a uh, short script called The Urge, which is a very uh, dark and fucked up script. You know, we got some Oedipus complex stuff going on there, so that's a lot okay. of fun. So that felt good to get that done, especially, too, I, I wrote, uh, I think it was on Monday, I did a kind of a rigorous outline for it, and then on Tuesday... I wrote all 16 pages of it in about an hour and a half. Nice. That's kind of how uh, the formula that I found works for myself is that I, I outline hard and then I can bust out pages very quickly. I'm the same. Uh, I'm the same way. Because I'm just, you know, my my philosophy is just let it be shit and just let it let it go. Just get get through that draft. I didn't get any notes back on In the Dark, uh, so I, I wasn't really able to polish that in the way that I wanted to. I was, uh, I, I think I did say I wanted to do an outline of, a, of another idea, third idea, which I had this sort of uh, trans body horror idea that I was interested in pursuing. And I did some work on it. I, I went in and, and started researching like what gender reassignment surgery was like and, and what that whole process was. And, you know, one, once I went down the pathway, I just realized that it's not for me. It's it's not my idea to make. Not right now. Not by myself. And I'm not one. I don't think I'm ready to do that to my personal knowledge base is just too far away from that source material and. Three, right. I don't a- have access to, I think, the kind of co-writer that I would want to do that idea. And four, I logistically, to do uh, a body horror movie uh, having to do with that, I-, I just don't have, I think, the financial resources to make that idea good at this time or the know-how. Gotcha. I went down the road with that one a little bit, and now I'm setting it aside. You know, I've got my notes that I wrote down for it. Uh, with the general idea and it's still in the back of my head and maybe it'll bubble up again uh, someday in the future but yeah. uh, for now it's it's down and I'm on the hunt for a new idea because I kind of need I need one more script for my anthology and so now I, I've been spending time sort of researching and trying to find inspiration through various methods via reading and watching movies and things like that so cool it'll come to me I, I get struck with ideas, you know, based on any number of factors and in any number of times. I most often get them while I'm driving or when I'm in the shower. Right. Just because I think those are physical activities that don't really require any of my mental faculties. So that allows my mind to kind of like wander while also kind of giving it just the tiniest bit of a thing to focus on. And I think that's the right sort of formula for for allowing inspiration to to flow into your brain. And so... Uh, there's some things though I can feel it. There's some there's some ideas, some concepts, little snippets of things just sort of floating in the air around me, and uh, soon they'll they're gonna coagulate into into uh, something I can pursue. But it just hasn't happened yet. I got you. So I think for the next week, I have so many emails to respond to, but that's all just kind of like respond to the emails, get back to people about the things. But that's that's neither here nor there. That'll happen. Uh, I'd like to do another pass of In the Dark. I'd like to do a pass of The Urge, On the Urge. And I would like to have an outline for this new idea, even though I don't know what it is yet. I'd like to have an outline by the end of the week. And then I'd also like to do some brainstorming, like paper napkin writing uh, about 
another feature idea for me to to work on since as soon as i'm done with these short scripts i'd like to pivot it to working at doing a draft of a feature oh yeah so the one other thing in a week from now is so my buddy brad and i he's one of the main creative partners we want to release one of our early movies act one which we did 15 years ago we're gonna put that up on vimeo on demand so that'll be kind of fun kind of going back and because that was a huge that was a real pivotal one for us one of the things that we have a, a ton of uh, of special features, if you're into that kind of deal. We got Ooh. two commentary tracks. That's right, two. Uh, Behind-the-scenes documentary, uh, some local uh, news snippets about the film, whatnot, outtakes, deleted scenes. Look at you. you. name it. It was all that stuff hard to bring together? Did you spend a lot of time on that stuff? Oh, that stuff was a long... We did that a long time ago. Oh, okay. Because we did a DVD of it way back then. So we had all those materials already gathered. But it'll be nice to have it available for people in the, the modern era here. So yeah, I think it's kind of fun <laughs> yeah. to show to show some of the roots. Um, and I told Brett, you know, we'll just make sure we're emphasizing the fact that, like, this is 15 years old, so go into it with that expectation you know what i mean or (laughs) with that perspective in mind this isn't our newest film no i'm gonna make all of my judgments of you based (laughs) on that film exactly this is what he's capable of now at this point in time and Mm -hmm. that's it this is as good as it was ever gonna be this is as good as it's ever gonna be thank you i appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's just use it as a pull quote like that's your review and people can just take it for what it's you know take it how they want to this is as good as it's, there you go, as yeah. it's ever going to be <laughs> uh which in a certain context sounds like high praise or it could also be yeah uh, you know quite damning true that's true that's true that's true <laughs> leave it leave it open-ended context-free since both of us have been sort of bad about doing homework on this thing let's pick like a craft topic of some sort right now for us to do next week so that we could be thinking about it. Sure. One that appeals to me a lot is us talking about working with actors and directing actors and giving notes and things like that. But it doesn't have to be that one. But I'm just saying, I'm just throwing no, I'm, that out I'm there. I'm all Opening about that. Opening bid. And is it, so with the working with actors, is it okay if I wind up shoehorning it? Because it's hard to talk about that too without talking about as being an actor myself. You know what I mean? And how oh, no, of course. Yeah, that's all a part of, of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, that sounds great. Talking working about working with actors. with actors. I think that... Cool. I think that's that's a broad topic. Maybe we'll we'll find a more specific part of it to hone in on next week. But I think that's a good thing for us to talk about. Sure. Tell, tell me about a movie. Tell me about a movie that inspired you. Oh wow. Well, I'll talk about a more recent one in part because I feel like this is one that I always recommend to people, and because and a lot of people haven't seen it yet. Um. So I want to put the spotlight on it as as much as possible. Is the end of the tour. Have you seen this movie? Yeah. Okay. I have I seen like it. We, we, I like we probably talked about it. That movie has rocketed into my my top five, all-time top five. And it's the movie that I've certainly watched more than any other in the past really? five years. Yeah, I've watched it a lot. And there haven't been that many movies in the last, again, just because, you know, time and whatnot. Like, there haven't been a ton. There's certain movies that I'll, I'll try to make a point of watching roughly every year or so, or every couple of years. But this movie, like, yeah, I've definitely... I've sat down with, you know, my buddy Brad to watch it, with my wife to watch it. I even, all right, this will give you a good example. So, like, at my so my bachelor party, we did, like, a two-day, like, rented a place in, like, Venice Beach. And so we all, like, hung out there and had a great couple days. And so during part of that, like, this movie means so much to me that uh, during kind of, like, a more, like, relaxing time of the trip, like, you know, we kind of, like, stayed up real late the first night, and then the next day, like, I was scheduled in, like, I wanted everyone to watch the end of the tour. 
And so we did. So that's that's how much that movie means to me. I, I scheduled it in on my bachelor party uh, <laughs> trip to have everyone watch it. So yeah. and it was pretty it was a pretty magical experience. I'm like, oh, here I am with like, you know, 10 of my closest friends who it's very rare to get all these. You know, they live in like whether they, some of them live here, uh, some of them in Memphis, one lives in New York, one lives in Santa Barbara. But getting everyone together, like, you know, it's a very rare thing. So anyway, that was that was pretty special to me because it's a movie that just kind of like in captures like so much of what I'm about and like the things that I think about and the things that I've kind of like dealt with and struggled with in one way or another, which are what give me specifics. I uh, just, as far as like uh, being a writer goes like storytelling and just kind of like digging through your own pain and trying, you know, to make something productive out of it and, and communicate in a way that it can be understood. And also like, trying to become better, so to speak, you're trying to like understand yourself more through that process and trying to learn and grow embrace who you are and, and know the things you need to like improve upon, you know, simply put the things that, you know, are yeah. about you that are a work in progress and whatnot. Lipsky is the kind of writer who's looking at David Foster Wallace and is kind of like envious of where he is with his career. But David Foster Wallace, like, you know, these things that he was pursuing, there's a line in the movie. I'm trying to think of it right now. It was basically where he's talking about, he would try to go about fixing things like in a very like all American, like I will fix this somehow kind of way. He would make these drastic take these drastic measures to try to like to fix himself basically, or he would choose a certain goal or whatever that he thought would make him better in one way or another. I don't know, man, I could ramble on about that movie for a long time, but just the conversation that they have, it's just, it's just, it just resonates with me to such an extent that, uh, well, everything I just said, but also, so when I was working on the shooting script for save yourself, I'd already seen it several times at this point, And I watched the end of the tour on mute. And then I wrote down every single shot from that movie. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And you know, when it cuts to this, when it cuts to this, when it cuts to this, I just wanted to analyze the shit out of it. I wanted to form my own assessment of why the director chose, you know, to shoot this on sticks, why this is a two shot, why this is handheld, why this is a clean single, why this is a dirty, you know, single, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Why there's a little dolly action here. And just kind of like, I just kind of, yeah, like I said, like for my own assessment of why he made those choices. And then... Who's the director of that movie? Yeah, James Ponsolt. And so... Oh, and, yeah, Ponsolt, yeah. Yeah. And then I kind of like, okay, for my own opinion of all those things, and I kind of like took those thoughts with me into when I was mapping out the shots for for Save Yourself. Because I wanted to be very, I mean, obviously, like, you know, very, very intentional about, again, similar kind of things. Like why I'm shooting this scene or this moment on sticks versus handheld versus dolly, like, you know, steady cam, what have you. Do you like uh, Ponsolt's other work? That's the one that I've seen by far the most. I've seen, I yeah, I did like Smashed. I really like The Spectacular Now. The Circle, The Circle's the one I like the least. <laughs> well, I, I think everybody would uh, yeah, probably I mean, even the, himself would agree. That's the that's general assessment. Missed up. Um, but I mean, like it was still enjoyable, but that was a shot at the big, at the big money and he blew yeah. it. Unfortunately, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's, I mean, he's a pretty sharp director. And again, I mean, the spectacular now I thought that was kind of my introduction to him. Well, maybe I'd already seen smashed anyway, whatever, but I, I did really enjoy smash and spectacular now. So I was pretty primed and pretty ready for, uh, for the end of the tour, which yeah, I absolutely loved. Uh, but yeah, it was, I mean, the mix of the, his direction with the script by Donald Margulies, who used to be like his college professor, and the performances, and of course the inspiration, you know, the real life inspiration of of those two writers, Foster Wallace and Lipsky, uh, and the way it all came together. And then Danny Elfman did the score for that too, which is it's a very mm-hmm. non 
<laughs> not in a traditional sense. When you think of Danny Elfman's score, just everything about it just came together in such a such a beautiful way. And I'll certainly, you know, always be on the lookout for what what Ponsolt and, and those people do next. Do you uh, relate to Jason Siegel a lot, being a big guy? Yeah, I love Siegel. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it relates to him. Like, is a guy who's, yeah, of a certain stature. We're both you know, basically you know, the same height. And but also like gentle you know, giants. Sure. Although we don't, I don't know how he feels about that, <laughs> about that phrase. <laughs> but no, it is interesting because like um, we're both, yeah, like big, uh, sweet natured, you know, goofy guys. I mean, he's just very endearing, and he's kind of someone who's definitely all about like through his characters, like you know, being as you know vulnerable and putting himself out there, and good sense of humor. You can tell he has a big heart, like all those things. So, yeah. So I was very thrilled to see uh, his work in, in that film. I thought he was amazing. I thought Eisenberg was amazing, too. I think I should save mine until another time. Okay. We could, we could just do one. We'll just do one at a time. I don't know. I feel like us talking about movies we're inspired by might end up having a lot of similar sounding things that we're saying. Okay. And so maybe just doing it, it one at a time is a better way to better way to do it. That 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 occurred to me now. So I'll say I'll save mine. I, I got one a- locked and loaded. So next time we do, I'll do I'll do one and and you know. Sounds good, my friend. Cool, man. Thanks for doing this with me. It's always Absolutely. great talking to you. Likewise. Have a great week. Have a safe, fantastic, fun, fulfilling week. You as well, sir. You as well. Okay. I appreciate you. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. You, you man. See you. Bye. Later. Uh, Alan, um, yeah. how did you like listening to yourself from... Oh, well, what, what did you think about our conversation? I honestly enjoyed most of this one. Most most of this one, I didn't feel that tingle that makes me think, man, I need to stop talking, or man, I'm annoying, or man, I'm uh, neurotic, or whatever. For the most part, I was like, yeah, this is pretty solid. <laughs> so that's cool. Don't be so hard on yourself. Oh, no, By the way, just... you're, back, you're back now with President Clinton and President Alan in 2020. That's right. So welcome That's back. right. On uh, what's the, so it's for posterity, July Story 8th, Life 2022. Podcast. Yeah, on the, on the Story yeah. Life podcast. You're still on Story Life podcast feed. No, no, no. There's just an honest assessment. Because sometimes like I'll listen to, like, you know, I, I can listen to myself going for a while and I feel pretty good about it. Well, that's, that's nice. And then every now and then I'll say something I'm like, eh, was that necessary? But for the most part... Uh, listening to this one, I felt like we're good about 90% of what we discussed. So, cool. yeah. How about you? I mean, yeah, I feel good about it. Uh, this one, I, <laughs> especially during the pandemic stuff, I could feel the sadness in both of us to me was very palpable. Oh. Even though we weren't, it was interesting. I think I, we were both, we were both trying to bright side the situation in some amount, yeah. but it's still, I, the sadness was. Oh. coming through the speakers regardless that's interesting i felt me. it and also like you know you know more what it's like in your own skin back then and i know what it was like more in mine like i felt it more from you i think a little bit because i get like and that was one of the fun things for me too just on a personal note listening to it I'm like oh yeah it was fun to hear like what my because ex- i know my exact daily routine now and how it's mm-hmm. changed like you know over the years but it's like oh yeah it was fun to listen to this specific like the day-to-day routine that we had um back then and that was kind of uh neat uh, for me, probably for no for no one else, but for me. But I remember that time overall as like uh, a pretty joyful time for me. But I could definitely feel like from you. I mean, of course, there's always moments of like, I mean, anxiety, stress, sorrow, what have you. And that was more what was going on with me in the previous episode. I was very stressed in the previous episode. But anyway, uh, I felt pretty happy 
back then. But you go ahead, you <laughs> you project onto me whatever you need to, Clinton, so we can have a sense of solidarity. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It was a tricky time for the world at large. So there you go. In the conversation, you talk about releasing one of your films online. Did that happen? And how how did that go? What was the name of the film? Oh, that was part of the fun too. Like I talked about a few things that actually did that did happen. Um, so we're talking about Act One at the time. So that went well. Like that went better than expected because we did it on Vimeo, and then a distributor came across it, and then they released it on um, DVD. And uh, I like actually, Act One. Uh, thanks, man. I'm glad. And uh, yeah, I'm very I'm very proud of Act One. It was a big breakthrough for us in a lot of ways back in 2005 and 2006. But yeah, and then the distributor also put it up on, on streaming on a few platforms too. So we didn't expect that because we were just like, oh, we'll just put it up ourselves on Vimeo On Demand. And then this company came in like, oh, we'll put it up on these other places too, if you'd like. And we're like, yeah, why not? So that was cool. Oh, yeah. And I, as you know, I just signed with new uh, acting reps recently. So it took a while <laughs> to get new reps, but... Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that was the other question I had is like, yeah. how did that process go reaching out to, for all those reps and, you know. So, man, yeah, I still like, need, I'm, I'm going to come back to the, uh, the the filmmaker reps, basically. But I did just sign with a new uh, acting agent across the board. And I definitely very much agree with what I said back then as far as like, I mean, you got to you got to try. You got to you got to put your toss your hat in the ring. So did that process bear fruit or, you know, how I guess, how did I you mean, come about this rep? Well, it bore fruit like, I mean very tangible i can point at that as being like that's something that resulted from it with the the acting agents but with the writer director reps i mean no i didn't i'm not signed with anyone so in that regard it did not yet but who knows man i'm gonna i'll be signed with one of them at some point uh i have a conversation with another uh agency next week about uh treatment writing which is one of you know a side gig of mine um so that could be cool but then, uh, but yeah, the pursuit for uh, writer-director reps uh, continues, and as it shall, until I sign with the writer-director reps. Now I'm just kind of figuring out the next, you know, the best time to to do that again. What else was discussed? Oh yeah, Breaker Breaker is now written, so that's fun. I was talking about the outline back then, um, written and in the very very early stages of pre-production. Wait, you have a script for Breaker Breaker? Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure I told you, but it's all good. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, no, yeah, I wrote Breaker Breaker. Yeah, I'm rewriting it right now, actually. Yeah, What yeah. draft are you in? It's just the same. It's like, well, I guess the, this would be the third. Because I have my rough draft, then I have my official first draft. The rough draft is basically a first draft. I call it my rough draft, my official first draft. And then now this would be like the second draft. So Cool. You'll have to send it to me, and then we can talk about one of the drafts on the show. Oh, okay. Sure. We shall see if I do that. Do- <laughs> open up the door oh, i mean if you're if you're comfortable we, with we that, see if if I, do that. I feel like every now and then you toss this out to me you're like oh maybe we'll do this thing that uh whatever and I, my initial feeling was always like yeah maybe we're having to cut it off a little bit early here so hopefully that's a cliffhanger for another episode but thank you all for checking <laughs> out episode three uh of our little uh story life podcast yes thank you very much you can contact us at we are story life at gmail.com also, please check out our website, wearestorylife.com, where you'll find more information about us and what we do, as well as links to our Patreon and social media pages. Thanks to our editor, Mr. Mike Jimenez, for dealing with our shit. And thanks for our families and friends, uh, to all, all, all their support and love. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, please subscribe and join us next week. And this has been Clinton Cornwall. <laughs> and Helen C. Gardner. With uh, Story Life. Okay. Hey. You take care out there, guys. All right? Take care.